Hello there, and welcome to episode 10 of Turning Tracks. My name is Matt. And I'm Chris. And we're here to talk about the music that we love. I have no idea how I found this supergroup. Genuinely, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea where they came from or where they were going, but they certainly left quite the impression on me. <sighs> Buckle up, because hooray for Captain Lariat. He's mindful of the helm. When he's cruising through your realm, he's bound to overwhelm. <laughs> Today... We listen to the music of the Claypool Lennon Delirium. Hey, Chris. Hey, Matt. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm about to get into, but I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, man. You you have no idea. I have no idea. This is going to be a weird one. I... I I, I said to Chris prior to hitting record, I'm apologizing up front. So for all you listeners, I'm going to apologize up front because uh, I recognize that this type of music is not uh, everyone's cup of tea. But uh, I think it's just so fascinating, as Chris would put it, uh, that I had to uh, throw it out there. Plus, I also blame Chris because I asked him last episode, do you want uh, weird or do you want heavy? And he said yes. And I said, OK. So I went with weird. Um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, what's going on in your world, man? How's everything? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's going pretty well. Um, we are, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if everybody remembers or if we said it or not that we were recording this all pretty far ahead of time, uh, you know, so that we can exist during the summer when my kids are home all day every day and I can't record during the day. But I am um, currently, uh, well, let's see, I'm neck deep in writing the script for the next chapter in my Zelda retrospective series, which has been a project. Big fan. I'm a a big fan. (laughs) I I hope I can keep keep up that momentum. Chapter three is proving to be uh, challenging because I have to cover Ocarina of Time, which is like one of the most influential games of all time. And I also have to cover both Oracle games, which I've never played through. So... Mm. It's a it's an interesting uh, dual situation of like I have so much to say about Ocarina of Time and I have to figure out what to say about these other two <laughs> games. Uh, and also the just you know I'm itching because uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom comes out tomorrow and when we're mm-hmm. recording this so yep. you know just just got to make it through today <laughs> and then tomorrow I have brand new Zelda game. But I'm go. also just super excited to listen to some music. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be fun. Uh, you have not let me down with anything yet, so. <laughs> oh well, you know, it's the first time for everything, right? <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't say that. That makes it seem like uh, I have no faith in my my musical tastes and stylings. But I do recognize that you know I can go a little uh, non sequitur, left of center, whatever you want to call it, and I I think. Um, but I think as this show progresses and I get into some other picks, uh, the Claypool, Lennon, Delirium will make sense uh, in some shape. Um, <laughs> if you're anywhere near our Discord uh, forums and chats, we, you know, I, I'm I'm heavily involved. We talk about the vinyls. We'll talk about music. I'm heavily involved in those conversations. So you, you know, maybe for some of you um, that have been there, this isn't a big surprise. I I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Definitely. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess we'll just jump right in. For anyone who's new to the show, here's how it works. Each episode, myself or Chris picks a band or an artist, and that person then has to choose 10 tracks, and 10 tracks only, that they believe best represent that band or artist. 
Uh, we both listen to them. We both discuss them. And then that's it. That's how it works. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get too heavily into the uh, band's history. They're not around. They haven't been around for too long. But someone. So you may have guessed Claypool is, of course, Les Claypool from Primus fame. And uh, Lennon will, would actually be uh, Sean Ono Lennon, son of both uh, John and Yoko Ono. Um, so I actually didn't know this, right? I love this group so much and I didn't, I <laughs> didn't really look into it. I'm not going to, uh, dive too crazy deep into their history or anything like this, but, um, it turns out that this project came together when, um, what do you call it? Uh, Lennon, or not, I'm sorry, Claypool was on tour with, uh, Lennon with his group, uh, the ghost of the saber tiger. <laughs> um, and, uh, there was like a year gap, Right, Primus. Primus was taking a year off from touring. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Claypool wanted to try and get uh, his other band, Oysterhead, together, but that wasn't panning out. So he approached uh, Sean and was like, uh, "Hey, man, you want to? You want to hang out and maybe work on something?" I had read in an article somewhere recently that uh, you know Lennon was actually. Uh, pretty enamored by uh sean lennon because he has a lot of the stylings of his father and his mother in the respect of being abstract and uh i think that'll come through in some of these recordings and i'll point out you know some of my takeaways but uh anyway the claypool lennon delirium is a psychedelic rock band so now you have an idea of what we're stepping into uh as i mentioned les claypool is bass and vocals uh sean ono lennon uh handles the guitar and vocals um keyboardist vocalist and this is the name i'm going uh that i was worried so much about joan neguer from stone giant uh handles keyboards and vocals right and then th- you might be interested uh paulo baldi is the drummer he is of cake fame oh yeah i love cake i love cake too but someone told me once cake was a lie and i don't believe them <sighs> i wonder which one of us will get to get to the cake episode first Mm, I think it's going to be you, but yeah, I digress. <laughs> um, there's a quote from uh, from one of their websites and said, they had ideas of making an old school psychedelic progressive rock record. Um, and then Claypool invited Lennon to his guest house to drink wine, run some ideas and play some drums. And what eventually came out of the six week uh, session was the 10 songs that make up their very first record, Monolith of Phobos. The first song that led us into this episode is the title track, Monolith of Phobos. Um, and it's, it, it really sets the tone if you... Uh, yeah, you, it, it sets the tone. <laughs> I, I was going to say if you, but that doesn't make sense because you and I haven't heard that track. When we record this, we don't listen to the intro tracks. So our audience has an idea of what they're stepping into. You Chris, guys are a step ahead of me. Yeah, Chris, however, does not. <laughs> um. Right, so uh, they have uh, three records out. Uh, what is it? Um, the Monolith of Phobos, or just Monolith of Phobos, excuse me. Uh, Lime and Limpid Green and uh, South of Reality. We're going we're gonna to listen to a bunch of selections from each. Um, and yeah, this is going um, to be wild, I think. So the first track we're going to listen to is called Cricket and the Genie, Movement One, The Delirium. Um... I buckle up. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> 
Cricket and the Genie, Movement 1, The Delirium. Um, <laughs> Chris. I uh, I can't believe how much he sounds like his dad. <laughs> I've never heard him sing before, but like, wow. That's a, that's a heck of a family resemblance right there. Yes. Yes, uh, I agree. I me- Im- immediately like the bass line. Go figure. Yep. Uh, Les Claypool knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, it was a pretty interesting song. Not certainly not bad. Nice and catchy. Good groove to it. Um, like the, the, the dirty sound. Um, this is, I'm coming from a pretty interesting position here because I'm not a big Beatles fan, nor am I anywhere near a Beatles expert because I'm not much of a fan. Um, but I feel like I'm definitely getting some, you said that Claypool was enamored by Lennon because he had a lot of his dad's sensibilities, and I'm definitely picking up on a, a, a some flavors of that based on my limited knowledge. Uh, I enjoyed the track, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of my first impressions, I was going to give it a couple songs before I kind of made this um, statement, but since you've already touched upon it, one of my first impressions of this project, I should say this record, because uh, is that this really, in my opinion, picks up in a strange place where like something like um uh sergeant pepper's lonely heart club band uh kind of left off i find that there's a lot of sensibilities um between the two um obviously a much more modern you know uh take and and so forth and you know these two giants of music so to speak uh you know put laying it all down now the interesting thing about this record and again another thing i was going to bring up like later was that this record is written and recorded completely by Lennon and um, Claypool. They did every instrument on it. Um, and I think there's a bit of a evolutionary switch when we get to the later stuff. Uh, but, you know, for the next, how many, I want to say six songs? Two, four, six songs, yeah. The next, including the last, uh, all off of Monolith of Phobos, is... Um, the recordings of these two gentlemen after six weeks of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so the next track is Cricket and the Genie Movement 2, Oratorio de Cricket. Now, on the record, they play back-to-back seamlessly. Um, and I always wondered what I would do when it came to an episode where we had to do that. I didn't think it was totally necessary to kind of say, okay, we're going to listen both tracks back-to-back. But if you go off and you listen to this stuff on your own, you know, make note, because this is track uh, number three on the record. The one we just listened to is track two, and the intro is track one. So you're getting the first three tracks, you know, right on the rip. Um, yeah. So without further ado, this is Cricket and the Genie Movement 2, Oratorio de Cricket.
That was Cricket and the Genie Movement 2, Oratorio de Cricket, off of Monolithophobos by the Claypool Lennon Delirium. And Chris, how did that grab you? Well, I really appreciated the use of crickets. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've I've never actually tried using um, crickets in my song songs before. Uh, I ought to try it. I really ought to try it. I I think you should try it. I really ought to try it. You really ought to try it. <laughs> I was uh, th- this is remind I can't picture exactly what this is reminding me of, but it's uh, I've definitely listened to albums similar to this before that have mm-hmm. like a uh, 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 of Montreal. This is uh, this is reminding me a little bit of a of an, uh, an of Montreal record I listened to, or like maybe even Modest Mouse or something. It's definitely in the uh, the the weird d- department, and I see what you mean. How this is like connected to that first song, and I've I've thought about a couple of uh, albums uh, that I eventually want to cover on here that I'm not really sure how to do it, where it's like, do you split the songs and talk about them separately, or do you just let them both play and then listen to them as they appear on the record? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's certainly an interesting uh, an interesting experience, but I've, I certainly didn't dislike the song. No. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, so this was a bit of a weird one, right? And I think I think maybe uh, to give it its fair shake, if uh, if anyone's you know, really digging this stuff, definitely go back and listen to it kind of part one, part two, back to back, because obviously part two is more of the uh, come down. It's kind of the uh, the outro, perhaps, um, you know, keeps the theme of the of the first part. And, you know, yeah, of course, the repetitive nature of the lyrics. And you stuff. ought to try it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you ought to try it. Listen to both of them back to back. Um but yeah, I think um, I think the idea that they set out to create like a, a you know an old school psychedelic you know prog rock band is you know nailed it, hammer on the head nailed it. Um, yeah. So uh, with that being said, we're gonna move on to the next track in our selection, which is the next track on the record. It's called Mister Wright, W R I G H T. And uh, you guys I assume give... this is not about the character from the Super NES version of SimCity? Probably not, but they are off-kilter enough that it might actually be. But I'm I don't... I'm going to listen for any sort of references. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever heard any building references, but you know what? I've been wrong before. And without further ado, here's Mr. Wright by the Claypool Lennon Delirium. Right. He sets up little 
Mr. Wright by the Claypool Lennon Delirium. And I've got to say, if that was written about the gentleman from Sim City, we have some <laughs> issues. This game uh, needs, needs to have its ESRB rating re-examined. <laughs> Multiple things need to be re-examined. Um, yes. So that actually is one of my favorite tracks on the whole record uh you know lyrical content notwithstanding i just think musically sonically dynamically it's just it's just such an interesting song and the pacing and the kind of the slope it's like a slow plotting song and yet it has a level of like speed to it if that makes sense mm-hmm. um you know classic claypool kind of vocals and and lyrics um but what I really enjoy the most, though, is kind of those chimey, uh, crystalline um, synthesizers. Uh, it's just it for me. It, it makes for just a fun track. 
Yeah, it was a it was a it was a fun song. I liked the uh, the the main riff. That bass line uh, was was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and it's got a uh, it does have a really fun atmosphere to it. Like even though it's you know about a creep, but it's yeah. like <laughs> kind of like this guy's a creep. <laughs> it's not like hey, no. this guy's a creep, and that's great. It's more no, like, no, 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 dude, no. This guy's a creep. You stay away from him. No, I, I liked it. It was fun. Cool. Um, all right. Well, then we're going to move on to the next track, which is called uh, Breath of a Salesman. <laughs> I don't know. It always makes me laugh. Uh, this is the uh, sixth. No. Yeah. This is the sixth track. Sixth track on the record. Thank you. And uh, we're just going to dive right in. So Breath of a Salesman by the Claypool Lennon Delirium. <laughs>
was Breath of a Salesman by the Claypool Lennon Delirium, and that is just another plodding track that has, you know, <laughs> midway sideshow circus kind of written all over it. <laughs> yeah, plodding is definitely the word for it um, in a very, like, it's like almost goofy kind of thing, like mm-hmm. uh, almost like a... You could almost hear Oompa Loompas singing this as a cautionary tale, you know, <laughs> like something like that. Absolutely, uh, yeah, right. No, it's it, but it's fun, you know. It's it's a uh, it it definitely has its its sense of style to it that makes it kind of fun to listen to. Um, I don't, I don't really know how to analyze this any further. It's that, it's a little it's, tough, it's right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting piece of music that was a uh, it was. It's doing a good job of fading into the background, which again, this is something that I really enjoy that music does for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, it definitely has a, a, a sort of it's it's got a weird energy because like on one hand it is it seems very low energy, but it's also you know not bored. It's very uh, it, it's it's got its own sense of energy. Uh, I, I dig it. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of. Music is uh, is is tied to a lot of things for a lot of people. People have workout mixes, cool down mixes. You know, I like to listen to a particular style of music when I'm writing, when I'm doing chores. You know, different kinds of stuff. Right. This has definitely got its own energy, and this is certainly like, if in my opinion, this is certainly like background chill. Maybe we've taken some hallucinogenics. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's that that style. Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse by saying it, but I think they really did nail the the progressive slash uh, psychedelic rock on the head with this effort. So, yeah, and, for sure. And uh, we'll just keep on going. This next track is called "America." It is the uh, eighth track on the record, and you are going to listen to it right now. Thank you. 
may have guessed that that song's title was America off of the mono, uh, Monolith of Phobos record uh, from... Ooh, America. Yeah, yeah, true, true. By the Claypool, Lennon, Delirium. Um, one of the things that really strikes me about this one is the absolute clashing... I said, nah, clash is not the right word. The absolute meeting and combination of what essentially is less Claypool sound, that is to say something like Primus, and then, uh, you know, kind of the the Lennon sound, which, as you pointed out earlier, is very distinct, you know, like his father, the abstractness of the mother, and, and Lennon, too, to some extent, the real artistic side of their uh, creativity. It, it's, like, it's like two waves crashing into each other and creating you know, in creating this record. Um, yeah. Well, this was probably my favorite track we've listened to so far. I like this one a lot. Uh, probably because it was just, it felt a lot more song structured. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of these songs so far have been very much like, here's a bunch of sound. Yeah. I don't mean that to be like in a bad way, but just that's, sure. that's kind of what they're very free floaty. This one had more of a more, I guess, traditional song structure. And you're right. It really is like this mashing up of, what little I know of John Lennon's Beatles stylings and like Les Claypool's wackiness. It's, it's kind of all over the place, but uh, it was, it definitely still had that distinct personality, especially when they're all doing the America at the end. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. No, this is a really fun song. I dug it. I, uh, in preparation for this episode, I was reading through, you know, some interest, uh, some, uh, interviews, info and, and things like that, just to kind of get a good sense. Cause like I said, there's, there's a part of me that like, I love all these bands, but I don't read too much into them sometimes. Cause then you get weird things like I have to separate the artist from the arts and, you know, sort of stuff like that. Maybe sometimes I think ignorance is in fact bliss, but one of the things that I did kind of come across and, and intentionally listen to was a handful of uh, Lennon's other work. So like uh, The Ghost of the Sabretooth Tiger um, has very simple, similar um, stylings. It's uh, not necessarily a psychedelic uh, push, but there's definitely the same style. Uh, I think this these two can very easily go on tour together and be a good tour. So, and and some of his earlier work too, he's he's bounced around from here to there. I mean, someone with of his pedigree. I mean, how, how could he not be, you know, working? So I wanted to get an idea before getting into this. And, and yeah, this this record really is like an absolute meeting of the minds. Um, so that being said, we're going to listen to the last... It's not the last track on the uh, Monolith of Phobos record. It is the last track we're going to listen to off of it. This one is actually... Um, and, of course, I have navigated away. This one uh, comes right after America. It's track number nine. It's called Oxycontin Girl. And um, we can only imagine what this one's about, right? (laughs) Anyway, it's Oxycontin Girl. It's the lake. uh, I always want to, by the way, I always want to call it the Lennon Claypool uh, Delirium. And I don't know why. I feel like maybe it it rolls It sounds more natural because I want to do the same thing. I kept typing it and being like, Lennon Claypool sounds way more natural and maybe because it's lennon lennon dollars to donuts that that's why they did it the way they did because they're jerks (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's oxycontin girl it's the claypool lennon delirium enjoy
was Oxycontin Girl off of Monolith of Phobos by the Claypool Lennon Delirium. And Chris, what did that do for you? Uh, yeah, it was uh, not bad. Uh, again, with the plotting nature. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I didn't. I certainly didn't dislike it. It was uh, not my jam, but it was uh, not bad. It was... Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of felt like there was a... I was so interested by that last song, and this struck me as a bit less interesting. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not not a bad thing. Not 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 a bad song, but definitely a... I'm curious to see where this goes. Oh, wait, you know what? I'm 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 getting myself lost in the last half of this song, because it was, it's, I really liked that middle bit. Um, where was that? That was around... Um, Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to just scrub through. Around like the two and a half minute mark. That was, that was the, I, I, I'm sorry. I just kind of spaced on it because I got so lost in the, like the beginning and the end of the song were just like pretty uninteresting to me. But then there was this one spot right around two and a half minutes in that I remember just sitting up and taking real notice to, like it had a, a really, really good groove to it. Like, I don't want to say like reggae because it wasn't really doing that whole upbeats thing, but it had that kind of lead uh, lead slash bass thing going on that you hear in um, reggae music uh, that I thought was really, really interesting. That, that bit where it changed up in the middle was really, really cool. Other than that, I wasn't all that taken by the song, but that middle bit was great. That part that you're talking about, I'm listening to it right now. It, it always gives me um, Iron Man by Black Sabbath vibes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, just just my take on the thing. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I get it, right? Um, this is this is some people's peanut butter and jelly, and then other mm. people's is not necessarily their jam, but uh, all the same. I mean, it's it in my opinion. I love actually the um, the actual sound of the record. I think the recording is nice, and it's not overtly clean. Right, you had mentioned mm. a little bit of dirtiness to it, and I like yeah, it's that. Very crunchy, very crunchy. Yeah, I like that. It's like things are almost being overdriven on an analog console, which gives you a little um, and a little extra je ne sais quoi, uh, if, <laughs> as you will. Um, but yeah, definitely a solid record. Like I said, the meeting of the minds there. Um, so now we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next uh, release called Lime and Limpid Green from uh, 2007. This um this is an EP actually. This only has this particular uh, recording only has uh, four songs, um, and oh, actually they do a uh, the opening track is Astronomy Domain by uh, Pink Floyd, which is a, an older one because it's written by Sid Barrett. If you're into that sort of stuff, uh, Boris the Spider is a cool, uh, the Who cover. Um, the Court of the C- Crimson King is a Crimson King song, and uh, Santori is Flower Traveling Band uh, cover, who I'm not familiar with. Um, we're going to listen to their cover of uh, The Court of the Crimson King. Um, you know, I want... When I don't know, I, I gave myself all these rules when we started talking about this show, and I don't know that I necessarily talked about them with you. Um, and part of what one of my rules was, uh, I, you know, I want to stay away from cover songs. 
because it's technically not theirs. But when you like when when my band used to cover songs, they were songs that we really thought were kick ass, and we would put a little of our own spin on it a bit. And I think you know when we talk about pick ten songs that best represent the band or the artist. If the band puts enough spin on it, I think it's okay. Really, I'm just talking to myself here. <laughs> I'm I'm giving myself leeway to say, you know, you could put cover songs on the on the episodes, Matt. It's okay. So now that I have my daily affirmation, we <laughs> we're gonna dive right into the Court of the Crimson King. Comes off the Lime and Limpid Green record by the Claypool Lennon Ex- Delirium. Enjoy the experience.
Chasing evergreen while trampling on a flower I chase the wind of a prison ship To taste the sweet and sour The pattern lifts his hand The orchestra begins As slowly turns the grinding wheel In the court of the crimson Court of the Crimson King, originally recorded by King Crimson, uh, but you just listened to the recording by the Claypool Lennon Delirium. And there's uh, something so perfect to me about the um, choice and cover. Um, King Crimson, if you don't know, uh, you know, has a, a wide influence on a lot of modern bands. Um, they, uh, they were an English prog rock band, progressive rock band, um, and they themselves, a uh, wide variety of musical stylings and influences, 
And so it's real no, really no surprise that uh, they're like the musicians band. I find that King Crimson's name comes up a lot in um, articles about the bands that I'm interested in. And, you know, they always point back and say, oh, King Crimson, King Crimson, you know, so uh, if you ask me, I think it was a, a, a very good choice in, in covers for this little EP. Yeah, it's um, I've I'm unfamiliar with this song. I'm unfamiliar with King Crimson. Um, it just, uh, but I'm not entirely unfamiliar with the concept of prog rock. And this is a, this is most certainly that it's like very, you know, storytellery and uh, a little little goofy from time to time, but also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of not. It's a, it's a, it wasn't. It certainly an interesting experience. Uh, pretty. I was like, I have no frame of reference for whether, you know, for relating this to the original version, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm just basing this off of hearing this for the first time. And it's, it doesn't feel out of place as right a, among their work. So that's, I mean, I guess that's, that's a cool thing. They, you know, I'm, they got I'm, that going for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that actually, uh, no frame of reference to the original. That's another reason why I was a little hesitant to put covers into the, you know, the mix of, of what we do, but I thought, and, and pretty much you summed it up. Uh, it works in their works as, as you so eloquently put it. Um, it, it does feel like they very easily could have written that. And we wouldn't, if I didn't say anything, nobody would have been the wiser. Maybe I would have mm-hmm. gotten a angry tweet or something, <laughs> and, but, uh, how dare you disrespect, you know, King Crimson, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, um, it's it's certainly uh, it certainly keeps with the prog rock. Um, I'm looking at something else, and someone even put like art rock, experimental rock. I I don't know, but you know that that's what the Claypool Lenham Delirium is. If if you haven't picked up by now, or if you're still listening, thank you. First and secondly, <laughs> um, you, you're getting the idea. So anyway, we're gonna move on to their uh, most recent release. It's called. Um, South of Reality. Uh, and the first track we're going to listen to, I believe, was the big... I think it was the single off this record. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the single off this record. It's entitled Blood and Rockets, Movement 1, Sage of Jack Parsons, Movement 2, To the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing short of, of great names, right? So, without further ado, we're going to play the song that I just named, because I'm not going to read the name again. It's the Claypool Lennon Delirium. Enjoy. Thank you. 
that was Blood and Rockets, Movement 1, Saga of Jack Parsons, Movement 2, To the Moon, from the Claypool, Lennon, Delirium, and that was quite the mouthful. <laughs> um, what I find funny is Movement 2, To the Moon is T-O-O, the moon. So it says, also the moon. Um, yeah, so that first half, the Saga of uh, Jack Parsons, was actually the single off that record. Um you can kind of see why. It's probably a little more radio-friendly, uh, probably a little more listener-friendly. And speaking of friendly, my friend, how did that grab you? Um, I was really not sure how you were, where, where that was going. It was, just, it was a welcome. surprising transition. Well done. <laughs> um, Can't pay for these. So this song reminds me, it's very psychedelic. Uh, mm-hmm. This reminds me a lot of what I assume most Beatles music is, uh, which is, and and I I do not mean this to be an insult, but it is kind of why I don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very uh, kind of drony, psychedelic, um, out there. Uh, it didn't really do much for me uh, mm-hmm. initially, just on the initial vibe. Um, but being as this, you know, p- podcast is about discovering, uh, you know, the, the good in music that you wouldn't normally listen to, uh, to an extent, uh, I really tried to appreciate what it was doing. And, um, I did eventually kind of fall into a pretty decent groove with it of just kind of like background listening to it. It was very, uh, spacey, very droney and not, uh, not, not at all the kinds of things that, that I gravitate towards, but I guess in listening to it, it is it was worthwhile to listen to just kind of the interesting stuff that was going on underneath the surface. Um, Mm -hmm. But it does, this song is very, very um, um, anti my personal uh, likes when it comes to music. And this kind of droney psychedelic uh, thing is what I don't like about uh, a lot of Beatles music. So um, I guess it just kind of goes against my nature, but just from a, a, a purely, uh, I guess academic perspective. It was a very, very good song. It was very well made. Uh, yeah. Just just not for me. And that's okay, because that's what this show is about, right? We knew there was going to come a point where one was going to play something, and the other one's going to be like, eh, not my cup of tea. Um, but I so, can appreciate it. It is Right, right, right. There's it, definitely, there's, there's stuff there to appreciate. It is, a, it is a, I can understand why others do like it. Yeah, right? Like, you know, 20 years ago, I'd have been like, this is garbage, get it out of here. Not even, you know, giving it a second thought, right? Ah, the follies of youth, right? Um, So, Somewhere Ferg is is crying, and I apologize. Um, But but there, to let the cat (laughs) out of the bag. Ferg crying? Uh, Isn't isn't Ferg our big Beatles guy? He is. Yeah, Ferg is a a huge Beatles fan, but he already knows that I'm not a huge Beatles fan. Okay, Um, all right. So, like, we've kind of had that discussion, but... All right. I'm, again, a lot of my not... I don't think I'm ever going to be a huge Beatles fan, but learning to appreciate them, I think, is a very important thing for somebody who loves music. Sure. And um, so the fact that I did not necessarily love this song, but I did appreciate it, I think is some good forward progress, and I I think that would make (laughs) Ferg happy. Progress, you say? This happens to be a prog rock band. That was hey. bad. Anyway, um, to your point, though, about the Beatles, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but um, I understand what you're saying about the idea that the Beatles has this spacey, drony, you know, uh, experimental music. And yes, but 
I feel like that is a not fair representation of who the Beatles uh, were. I think that maybe a fifth of their music, maybe even less than that, has that ethereal, you know, psychedelic. Ethereal, that's the word. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. There I is, don't disagree yes. with you. You, I, I, I can, I will 100% admit that my... Uh, I guess bias against the Beatles comes from a place of uh, of ignorance. Like, that's a, and that's I just okay. Don't because know you enough know. of their music because it's never grabbed me enough to say, "All right, keep diving deeper." Mm-hmm. And I can't even say that with a hundred percent certainty because that, with a hundred percent clarity because that's not necessarily true. When I was, uh, I I was on a trip uh, to Vegas and hey. we saw that Cirque du Soleil. Oh, uh, the Beatles, Beatles Love Show. The Beatles Love Show. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I thought that was amazing. And yes. after that, I listened to a handful of the songs from that show, and it's like, this mm-hmm. is great. Um, there, it has a great soundtrack that you can purchase. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I feel that there is definitely stuff for me in there. But yep. the, the trouble is that whenever I try to go for it, I wind up oh. listening to like a six-minute-long song that's just this. Uh huh. And like. Again, I get it. I understand why that is some people's cup sure. of tea. It's just not necessarily mine. So I just, I just kind of wanted to clarify that there's no. I a, uh, please understand. I was not putting you on trial, right? What no, I was, of course not. What I was working towards is it looks like there's going to have to be a Beatles episode, and it looks like it's going to have <laughs> to be my pick. So <laughs> for all you listeners out there, you've got something to look forward to, and Chris, I look forward to showing you some stuff that is not at all what you think they might be. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All there right. are a handful of Beatles songs I genuinely love, but... Sure. There's a, there's a, it's a small handful. It's a, it's a baby handful. Podcast for another podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Moving forward, speaking of forward progress, um, is the title track off of South of Reality, entitled South of Reality. Um, uh, I was really hoping it'd be called something different. <laughs> like North of Existential Crisis. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to mind. Um, (laughs) So anyway, it's more of the Claypool-Lennon delirium. This one's South of Reality.
Unity! That was South of Reality, off the record, South of Reality, by the Claypool Lennon Experience. That's more like it. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I like that <laughs> I one had a, a feeling. I like that one a lot. I, I definitely had a feeling. Yeah, it, it's certainly, again, more uh, radio-friendly. It's certainly more in league with... Um, the non um, psychedelic stuff, probably uh, more leanings towards the prog rock stuff. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that one too. It has a nice aggressive, as aggressive as this music can get, right? It has a nice aggressive uh, push to it. There's a nice, um, it's a nice like four on the floor. And then it, it's funny you mentioned uh, like reggae before, and you get those that reggae roll in. <laughs> yeah um but i'm a big fan of that yeah that was a that was a fun one that's a yeah that the um i guess it's really just the psychedelic stuff that, that puts me off i don't know why it just kind of always has but this was a this was a i like the the weird nature of it you know i like it when they just they they just get right in there and they don't pronounce things normally they're they're almost almost doing silly voices to an extent like they're just they're just being weird and uh, i i dig that <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That brings us to our last track. It's called Today Man's Hour. Um, and every time I read that, I, I feel like I'm not reading it right. But, um, yeah, this is the uh, seventh track off of the uh, South of Reality record. Again, this record, um, I was just uh, skimming the personnel on it, and uh, it's it's again it's less Claypool, it's Sean Lennon really doing everything. Um, Paulo Baldi uh, does do drums on three tracks, but uh, those tracks we didn't listen to. Um, but again, if you're interested in loss, I cur- encourage you to go back and check them out. So um, you know, from start to finish, we've had pretty much Claypool and Lennon. And it's their delirium. <laughs> you're you're so. so right. Like I went to go look at this, the title of this track after you said that, and like first I'm reading it wrong too. It's Toady Man's Hour. Oh my god, it is Toady Man's Hour. You're right. <laughs> it it Holy doesn't cow. seem like it should be today's man hours. It's like, but it's no, yeah, it, it's Toady Man's Hour. <laughs> that makes way more sense. <laughs> so so delirium is the word, right? Yeah. It's, um, even the way this, even the names of the songs mess with your head. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I was, so the very first time I, I heard about this project, I, I immediately went to Spotify. Uh, we are not sponsored, but that'd be nice if we were. And uh, I, I devoured that first record. And when it was all said and done, there was a sense of delirium. I, I, I thought, holy cow, this was so whacked out. And then I listened to it again and again and again. And then when I found out they made more uh, material, I, I went back and devoured it. And really, honestly, when I listen to this stuff from forward to back, from front to back, excuse me, um, it just puts my mind in such an interesting place. And sometimes I like that because I, I go through phases where, you know, I'm listening to like heavy, ugly metal. And then I'm like, you know, I'll, I really want some outlaw country. And then I kind of go to Outlook, you know, my pendulum swings for a while. And then I'm like, I want some pre-punk, you know, pre-pop punk stuff. And, you know, so it's 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 constantly moving, constantly moving. I get bored uh, easily or I just get tired of it and I want to switch it up. And this has always been my palate cleanser. And I think when we were making the last episode and I had asked you, did you want weird or did you want something else? And you said, yes. I said, well, I'm listening to these guys. They're on my list. This is a good one, in my opinion, to kind of uh, 
you know, shake it up a little bit. So anyway, last track of the night uh, that we're going to listen to Toady Man's Hour, because <laughs> I can read and reading is fundamental. Uh, <laughs> enjoy. That's Toady Man's hour uh, off of South of Reality, and I don't know. <laughs> I like. I don't how that know that song I... aggressively prevents you from dancing to it. It's like yes. it's got this really good groove, <laughs> but it consistently stops the groove, so you would you're physically incapable of dancing to it. It's just like genius. Well, I wonder if there's any correlation to the lyrics where it's you know, if Toady Man wasn't such a Toady Man, he would be dot 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 and all these different things that he isn't that he could be if he wasn't such a whatever. Um, 
I don't know if I mentioned it, um, but uh, in one of the articles I had read about the formation of the, the delirium, um, Claypool had said that he was such a big fan of the way Lennon played guitar. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that I am a huge fan of a lot of the guitar solos in all their work. Um, you know, the the verse, the verse um, chords are kind of, you know, they're almost the the way um, the guitar exists in a ska tune or a, a reggae tune. They're just kind of or like a funk tune. They're not the showpiece, right? In like funk, it's bass and, and ska, it's that sort of stuff, right? Um but when Sean is allowed to kind of open up and, uh, you know, really rip into it, he has some great, great solos. And this song is not short of that either. And I'm a big fan of the solo here and the track before it. Great, great solos by uh, by Sean Lennon. And um, that's our episode. So I think I have an idea of your your take on the, uh, on the experience. But I, I'm curious if... Uh, you didn't leave anything on the floor. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I really left anything on the floor, uh, as you would say. I. This was a fascinating experience. Um, I wasn't entirely sure what I was getting into with it, but this is this is, for something as weird as it is, it is exactly what is written on the tin. You know, this this <laughs> is a combination of these two styles, and yep. this song was really this last one was a really great culmination of that because it is so distinctly like i could have mistaken exactly half of this song for a primus song <laughs> and right and the absolutely. other half absolutely not uh has that i guess sean lennon's vibe to it which is you know beatles-esque um mm-hmm. but it was it was this was a fun ride even even the songs that i didn't necessarily i don't want to say didn't enjoy because i you know there were there was no part of this where i'm like God, I can't wait for this to be over. Except for the fact that I'm very hungry. Uh, yeah, I'm, so we're, I'm in the same uh, boat. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for lunch. So in that respect, when I saw a track list was six minutes long, I was like, "All right, let's do this. <laughs> Stop yeah. thinking about sandwiches." <laughs> but other than <laughs> Ooh, that, sandwiches. Uh, just just from the uh, a general musical perspective, this mm-hmm. was a really fascinating trip. Uh, so awesome. Thanks for sharing this with me. Like, it's it's not something I ever would have sought out, uh, and yeah. I'm I'm glad I have this under my belt now. So it's a uh, Good time. Another big fat win for you. Ah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, big fan of our show. Like, uh, <laughs> that sounds that sounds ultra pompous. <laughs> I'm a big fan of our show because of what we do, right? We we expose each other to music that we may not necessarily know, and I'm I'm really glad that your takeaway is positive for this. Um, so um, that makes me happy. Um, and that being said. We here at Turning Tracks are incredibly grateful to everyone who listens, and we love communicating with you any way that we can. And we have a couple ways that you can do that. There's a Geek Aid Discord channel in which we have a Turning Tracks chat, where we hope to discuss all manner of stuff relating to the music and whatever our next episodes are going to be. And of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at geekade.com, G-E-E-K-A-D-E.com. And while you're at it, check out all our other social media channels, (laughs) <laughs> and while you're at it, check out all our other social media channels, which you should totally like, follow, and subscribe to if you have not done already. How dare you? Turning Tracks and other Geek Aid podcasts are made possible thanks to the Geek Aid Patreon page. There, patrons can get access to a monthly podcast topic and recording schedule, get early access to most of Geek Aid shows, including this one, and more. If you've enjoyed our podcast over the years, follow the link in the description. 
and give it a look. We really appreciate it. And finally, as always, be sure to check out all the other great content we have over on our site over at geekade.com. That's geekade.com. Um, before we send you off, Chris, I believe the next episode is your pick, sir. It is. What well, do you got for me? Uh, I think that it is. Uh, I had this One Direction picked that I was going in, and I decided to. I this 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 music came on in my car on the car ride home a couple days in a row, and I decided mm. to make a hard left turn. So I think uh, our next episode we're going to be listening to the musical stylings of one Jonathan Colton. I can safely say that I do not know who that is. That's fantastic. <laughs> really quickly, you said One Direction, and I thought, are we really going to listen to the music of One Direction? <laughs> I genuinely had a pit in my stomach for a second. <laughs> Glad no. you came is a good poppy catch song, but I I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't know. I could name a One Direction song if I tried. I just gave you the name, and you still couldn't. <laughs> I've already forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we sound I'm like a just couple thinking of thinking about sandwiches, Matt. Just... We, we sound like a couple of cigar chomping, you know, Rockefellers. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to send you off with the final track off of 2016's release, Monolith of Phobos, entitled There's No Underwear in Space. If it's good enough to end their album, it's good enough to end our show for today. Uh, I also haven't done a dedication in a while, so I'm going to send this out to all the weirdos out there. Keep on trucking and Godspeed, you magnificent bastards. We'll see you next time.